Hello everyone and welcome to Sagab. This is your host, Badr Amin, author of the book, Happy Life, Summarized Guide and Habits to Self-Development. In this podcast, we aim to find common habits of people in different industries, such as but not limited to sports, investing and business, by identifying their mental and practical habits, routines and recommendations for you as a listener to be able to integrate it to your own life. Thus, the podcast will hopefully help you identify what are the common essentials that contribute significantly and maximize their performance, regardless of the industry. The podcast is divided into two parts, where the guests will talk about the mental practices, self-talk, and who is successful to them, whereas the other part is more into the practical habits and routines integrated into their daily life and the recommendations for the listener. So, please enjoy and take notes. Our guest today is Sharmad Al-Zajjali, co-founder and CEO of Tawseel Group, a last mile delivery service, and the co-founder and the CAO, Chief Adventure Officer of Mukhamur.com, a one-stop solution platform offering adrenaline seekers different types of activities. Sharmad is also the founder of multiple other restaurants available on Talabad and a cloud kitchen. You can find Sharmad on Instagram at Sharmad11, which is S-A-R-M-A-D-1-1, and Tawseel Group, which is T-A-W-S-E-E-L underscore G-R-O-U-P and Mughamr.com, which is M-U-G-H-A-M-E-R dot com underscore. I would like to thank Sarmad for being part of the podcast and without further ado, let's dive in. So Sarmad, are you ready? I am. I've always been ready. What is your one to three most gifted books, channels or shows that you recommend? I wish I could watch channels and things like that. And I'm not a book reader, unfortunately. I, okay. I always say this. I always like to buy books uh, and uh, kind of go through the first five, six pages. Very interesting. But because of my you know, crazy schedule, I don't get to do that. Therefore, what I go into is I uh, really like uh, documentaries. I look at these kind of, let's say, movies uh, in a different perspective because this is something that just happened. You know, a documentary that happened, you get to know the in and outs of things where, let's say, in the media you see something, but then... When a documentary comes out, you kind of know all the top secrets or the details of things. So I think for me, it's fascinating that get to know about people, about successful people, about a different type of people uh, within their documentaries. It makes it much easier than reading a book, honestly. There was a book that I was reading, actually. It was very interesting. It was uh, Khalaf Habtour's uh, autobiography. Okay. So that was very interesting for me. I have not finished it, honestly. Okay. But I reached to a point where I knew what, what, how he started and where did he get to. Mm-hmm. So this was very uh, interesting for me. If we talk about somebody local, I would say like other documentaries that really opened my eyes a long time ago. There's a movie, actually. It was a documentary movie, Schindler's List. Schindler's List. Yeah, okay. this was uh, back, I think, 94, 95. I saw it for the first time. I was a kid. The movie's like three and a half hours long. I've seen it maybe wow. 10 times. That really changed my perspective on how the world actually, if it's so cruel, yet there's good into it. You know, So that was uh, very eye-opening for me. Third one or third option... Uh, Honestly, there's a lot, mainly documentaries about people, about situations, about uh, events that happened. I would say like uh, how the vision of maybe Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid, Mm. you know, how this whole thing came up to life, you know, where I read his uh, book, which the 50 points that he had or my story. Mm. And every story 
there was like, you know, a vision behind it. You know, when he went to New York, when he went to Lebanon, uh, when he went to other countries and he said, wow, I would love to see, you know, UAE and Dubai one day, 10% of that, you know, like I was reading when he went to Lebanon for it, you know, I was like, oh, wow, this guy has an inspiration, took it, built on it and wanted to make it better. You know, not only like I would like to copy paste things, but like, okay, I've seen what happened. Can it be better? You know, so it's always like that, even in business. And I look at it like, right. So like, for example, just let's go and dive into quick business one. Let's say cloud kitchen. Hmm. There's a lot of cloud kitchens. How can we make it different? How may, how can we make it better? You know, just to put different kind of ideas about it, different touches to it. You know, like everything is there. But then, as they say, you cannot reinvent the wheel, but you can make the wheel bigger or smaller, thinner or thicker. You know, so like you could play around with the wheel, but you can't reinvent it. Hmm. So that's what I, I liked about maybe the Sheikh Mohammed's vision that you have an inspiration thing that happened or saw or you have seen and there is a part of you that you want to do it but you don't want to do the same thing you want to do much better now you're going to work now you're going to hustle now you're going to roll up your sleeves and you know you get on it you know so otherwise there's a lot of dreamers out there a lot of people going to talk from today till tomorrow but who does it that what makes a difference who is considered successful to you and why Success is a big word. I don't know if anybody can reach to that level of, you know what, I'm successful, I'm done, I've done it. I mean, there's a lot of successful people are at the journey of success, you know, like because success for me or how I see it is a stepping stone, right? So every time you reach to one milestone is a success. Then you create another milestone or you built another milestone for you. The sky never has a limit. So you're always going to go up. Sometimes you come down and that could be a success because You might exit something or you might let go of something, but then it could open another door for you. So if you come back to see who is successful for me, an influential person, you know, like um, a success, which is not only about money or position or positions. Success is how can you influence others? How can you make a huge impact You know, not only on a person's life, but then maybe a community, maybe a country, maybe a whole, you know, group of people. Now, there's a lot of successful people. You have, for example, in in business and a very influential person by putting something on Twitter, he changes the world almost, Elon Musk. You know, like, uh, that's how successful can you be to just do that, you know? As I said, like, who I think is a successful person is who's actually striving for more and more and more. For, let's go back to Elon Musk. I don't think he needs the attention anymore. I don't think he needs the media anymore. I don't think he needs to worry about, you know, Tesla or SpaceX or, you know, they're making money or they don't make money. But because for him is he just finished the one milestone, there is something else. There's more to do, you know. There's the mentality and the eagerness of a person who has that kind of uh, drive, you know. That's the success, I think. An advice you remind yourself with and why? Never give up. I have been in the ups and I've been really down. And the thing that I always tell myself is never give up because you never know. It's just, it's a cliche when they say, you know, you're digging, 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 and you're only one centimeter away from the diamond, but then you give up, mm. you know, just keep on going. You know, if it's not there, guess what? You have the biggest hole in the world. 
You know, you might be there. You know, like you might not find the diamond, but then you might, you know, you, something else might happen. It's a mindset. See, I, I know a lot of people that went halfway and they had very successful ideas, I think of. And, and I think they had like uh, revolutionary ideas. But the only thing they couldn't like cope with it was the pressure, was the, the downfalls, you know. Again, I don't like to be always cliche, but th these are the things that people say it, but they don't mean it. But when you mm. feel it and, and happens to you, it becomes reality. Like when they say, you know, fall seven, get up eight times, you know. Mm. This is where people are like, oh, yeah, I am saying that. But you have never even fall once to get up second time, you know. But when you really fall seven times and you still get up, I don't think you would ever give up. It's just that drive and that, you know, fire in the person. So never give up is my, you know, motto. I agree. <laughs> so, Sir Ahmed, now you are part of Mukamar.com and you have Tawseel Group, which is delivery dedicated to F&B. And then you have uh, other F&Bs yes. that you deliver and a club kitchen. Yeah. They seem different, I mean, sure. different industries. So... What helped you identify your purpose other than entrepreneur or in general? Since I finished my studies in the States, in Canada, and I came back, I always had one thing in my mind. I would never work for someone for, for some odd reason. You know, I worked for my father. I worked a little bit for the government. You know, I was in sports before for a couple of years. But it was all on my terms. You know, I always tell them, guys, I'm not going to come seven to three, you know, work in the office. And then, you know, you, you don't get anything from me, right? So how do we get into these stuff and what drives me and what, what makes me, you know, uh, do these things is, I think one is entrepreneurship mentality, you know, and, and a lot of people say you can learn entrepreneurship, you know, you can also learn to, how to be a doctor, but there are doctors who actually quit after they get their you know, degree and they never practice, you know, because it was never their passion, you know. You could tell people to be an entrepreneur. You could teach them. You could mentor them. You could coach them. Do they have it in them? Mm. That's the question, right? So it's, it's, for us, it's also like how we look at opportunities. You know, like for me and my co-founder, Mohammed is my best friend since childhood. And how do we look at opportunities? You know, like our first venture actually was in 2012 and we did an events management company. Uh, the second venture, which we exited, was the first CrossFit box in uh, Sharjah. So we saw an opportunity there. CrossFit's coming up. Let's open one in Sharjah. Was successful. We exited right away after, I think, 11 months. You know, because we know it's going to go down. It just is a trend, you know. Again, uh, when we did last mile delivery, we have no clue. We have zero clue about last mile and logistics and not only food, but even goods and e-commerce and medicine and groceries. We had zero clue about that. But we went into it and, you know, we learned so fast and we kind of uh, kind of do like learn as you go, learn along kind of a thing, you know, like you're going to make mistakes, but just don't wait. Try to prove a point that is wrong or right and you're not doing anything. Keep on doing it. Make those mistakes and improve them as you go along. So I think that's how we started Tawseel. Again, Mughamert was another opportunity that we saw that post-COVID, everybody wants to go and do, you know, adventures, cycling, <laughs> you know, hiking, uh, kayaking. You know, nobody wants to go to a congested area, right? So that was another 
opportunity that we jumped onto it right away. Uh, at the bar, which is our cloud kitchen, uh, the same thing. You know, I, I told you, like, you know, we kind of create something that is, it might be there, but how can we be different about it? For example, like, the cloud kitchen is uh, located in a university. So mm-hmm. we didn't have to actually buy kitchen equipment and get all that thing done. It was just a ready kitchen. We went to a university. We took that opportunity that they'd have students. We said, we'll pay your rent for your kitchen. And they were surprised, like, you will not have any students. We're like, no, no, don't worry about it. We'll do only deliveries till your student comes back. We'll give you something on top of it. We'll make a menu for the student, subsidized prices for them to enjoy the best you know, food that we are actually making for uh, our online customers. Mm-hmm. So it was, just, and then we came up with brands like, there's no outside brand in our cloud kitchens, all you know, created by us. Uh, we don't come from an FMB background, but we have seen a lot. We have uh, kind of know what the consumer wants and the market needs, you know? So I think it's always, I think you have to have a very good problem-solving vision, you know? Hmm. Not to see the problem, but to predict the problem. This is what makes a difference, you know? Like, let's go back one point to Elon Musk. Elon Musk, when he started back in 2003, 2002, doing an electric car, at that time, it was crazy. His prototype, I think, cost him like almost a million dollars. So nobody would buy a million dollar car, you know, unless it's, you know, something, you know, with a big brand. So the question was, he kind of predicted the situation. He kind of predicted there's going to be a problem with fuel. They're going to predict that people want to be more environmental friendly. He kind of predicted that. So he kept pushing his product, his idea, his vision to go through. So it's not always wait when the problem happens and trying to solve it, but kind of figure out if there is a predictable problem that might occur mm. and then have it, you know? So things like that, I mean, it's not very easy, honestly. You have to be, you have to have a chunk of luck with it as well. But I think this is what makes a difference to have a good problem-solving ideas plus a little bit of luck with prediction of a problem. How thoughts, self-talk, and past experiences are shaping your perception? Do you revisit these thoughts in any category? I'll tell you something very personal to me. In 2005, I had a surgery. A couple of months before that, I was diagnosed with thymoma cancer. So it was, for me, it was a life-changing moment, right? In my worst dreams, even thinking about that. But when that happened, and it really put me down, like really took me underground, like kind of below zero kind of thing. But that one time, it was a huge wake-up call for me. It was like, okay, now it cannot get worse than this. The worst thing can uh, happens in anybody's life is death. Everything else is manageable in a percentage. It's doable or it's fixable. Only death. You can't change. You can't fix. You can't bring it back. Right? Everything else is, is doable. So I went to a point that I was really close to that. You know, it was like a wake-up call from God, maybe like, you know, you can't do all these things. You got to wake up, you got to change your perspective of life and try to do the most prioritized things in your life. Try to prioritize your system, your life, your, your family, your work, you know, everything. So it was, it was a really huge wake-up call for me. I probably learned more in that one year that all my school year, my university, everything else. So it was just, I, I don't wish it to anyone else. I mean, but it's a process that 
you will have to learn how to live before you even become a person, like become a giving person or to do something, you know? So that was for me a huge wake-up call. What thoughts dominate your mind on life? Do you say to yourself, life is hard or life is easy? Nothing is easy. Okay. Nothing. I mean, uh, driving here was hard. You know, <laughs> like, you know, you know I, I don't think, see, the word easy means you're too comfortable. Your guards are down. You want to do the easy part. You know, like, uh, for example, for example, I could go eat 2,000 calorie burger and that's very easy. It's cheap. It's easy. It's fast. Right? But then, if I really want to eat healthy, that's a bit difficult. That's a bit hard because I have to cook it at a certain temperature. I have to make sure that the chicken is that, the vegetables are fresh, this is that, organic maybe vegetables. So it becomes a bit difficult, a bit hard. But that, that's the good thing, you know? The word easy, if you make it so easy, it will not be satisfying, I think. When it becomes hard, not hard, but like, with effort, I think, it becomes more tastier. You know, you kind of love it more. You kind of get attached to it better, I think. So let's say, would you consider if you will make things simplified or you're going to make it easier? Yes, yes, of course. I mean, as I said, it has to have, in the beginning, some challenges. Mm -hmm. But then how you learn from it, not to make those mistakes, the process becomes faster. Then you could call it easier process, right? Or easier way to do things. I would say to make some, a lot of things more simpler, right? It would be much better so you can do more. But to get there, I think you have to go through the hard part first. With what thoughts do you start an endeavor, job or task? Get it done. I always start with any job or any day, basically. I'll look at my schedule. like okay, These are the five, six, seven things that I have to do and I need to get them done. Yeah, I might be late here and there. I might miss this or that. I need to make sure that they're done. It's, uh, you know, like as an entrepreneur, you, you wake up with the hustle mode. You don't uh, kind of take it so easy, you know, because if you take it so easy and your team is around you, they think, oh, this guy's taking it too comfortably, too easy. Let's do the same. You know, you're, you're influencing them. You are a role model to them. So you have to make sure that do more so they could also be motivated with you. Plus, uh, as I said, it's, it's always get the things done. Don't postpone things, you know? Like, it's, it's very, very uh, easy to postpone things. It's easy to, like, you know, say, you know what? I'll do two things today. Tomorrow, I'll do two things. Tomorrow, I'll do two things. But you could even do all the six things in one day. So why not? Because you, you don't know what tomorrow going to come to you, right? And you don't know what's tomorrow in store for you. So that's why I think don't give yourself excuses, as, as I say. So that's, that's maybe what I do every morning. Okay. Um, is there any questions you ask yourself to assess an endeavor? Yeah. I always ask myself, like, where is the final art piece? Like, mm. where, what do you want to see? You know, like, okay, you're going to do this, right? But how does it look like? What color is it? What vision you have to it? You know, like, you kind of visualize the end work, you know? And then you kind of work backwards through it. This may be a follow-up to what you just said. Sure. So, do you practice prayer and or meditation or visualization that helps you in achieving goals? For example, do you have mental practices to prime and equip you for work, financials, and other important areas in your life? Mentally, I'd like to 
switch off sometimes. Like mm-hmm. you won't believe it. Like you, you'd be surprised what I do sometimes. It's like in the middle of the day or like middle of the, like, you know, end of the day, what I do is I go and book a cinema ticket and I go to the movie. I literally switch off for an hour and a half, two hours watching a movie. And then I kind of analyze the movie. Just, just look at it, analyze it. Oh, what did this guy do? What does this guy do? You know, like just look at the movie maybe in a, in a different style or different way. Maybe not the whole genre or story, but looking at the characters, looking at why did they choose a six-year-old kid? You know, why they couldn't choose like a 10-year-old kid for this position, you know, like that kind of thing. And I think it, it gives me that uh, detachment hmm. from life or, or from work or from, you know, all the responsibilities, right? So like you kind of get that space for some time. Uh, other things I do is uh, I call Fridays are hibernation days. You know, I just hibernate on Fridays. Okay. You know, like I'll stay home all day. I don't go out. I don't do anything. Literally, I mean, unless it's work and it's needed to be done or there's an event or I was invited somewhere. But usually Fridays for me, it's just you hibernate at home relax because there's six weeks, six days of stress in that week. Right? So there's a lot of things demanding. Sometimes on a Friday, what I do is just maybe I'll book a staycation alone. So I kind of take myself from the normal routine. And this is very important. You have to break your routine. If it, if it becomes like continuous routine, you get to, uh, to be bored or like, you know, there's not, not excitement to it. So you got to break it somehow to come back to it or to like, kind of miss it, let's say. What repeated tasks or steps you intentionally do as a ritual, routine, yeah. and method to cultivate focus, productivity, and goal manifestation? Uh, Is there any specific routine, for example, that you do, such as going for a walk, yeah, which yeah, you just yeah. mentioned, <laughs> or a swim that you do before starting work or a day to achieve goals? I always right. write them down. Mm-hmm. I always write things. Uh, my assistant always tells me, you know, you have iPad, your computer, you know, why don't you just write it there? It's much easier. And I always write down paper, paper and pen. It, it gives me a sense of like taking them off, you know, like scratching them off kind of a thing, knowing that these are the things that I wrote. So I always remember. I, I, I remember this actually from a philosophy teacher in the States who told me one thing. He said, every time you write something over and over and over, usually as study said, you write it 14 times you would remember exactly even your handwriting. How, how does it look like? You know, okay. like you kind of remember what you wrote. So if you write like 14 times, you know. Do you have environmental cues to prime you for performance and productivity now, such as having written statements or images to remind you why you're doing certain things? And this is a long question. Do you yeah. design or go to a place that boosts your performance? What I intend to do usually when that happens, especially when I'm like under a lot of pressure, I intend to change the environment that I'm in. <clears throat> so maybe like I'll go to a coffee shop and, and work there for an hour. Or I will just decide, you know what? I'm just going to drive around. I have two Zoom meetings. I'll do them in the phone, on Zoom, in the car. I'll just drive around, you know? I kind of change the environment that I'm in or, or the, the place that I might be too comfortable in. You know, I just want to change the, the surroundings maybe. Other things are, um, I would say like... Uh, Making differently, you know, like, you know, like you've always been doing something always the same way, kind of changing it. What beliefs, habits, behaviors, and practices adopted recently improved your life greatly? 
going to the gym. Since the last, I think, uh, four or five months, I've been going, doing that. And it, it changed a lot of things because I think when you do a physical activity, you kind of throw out all the bad energy and the negative energy out of your body, right? So when you start your day, you're like, guess what? It's only 7.30 and I've accomplished something, you know? And the, the day has another you know, 13, 14 hours to go. Hmm. So that kind of uh, motivational way to do things, right? It's good for your health, but then it gives you that motivation. It gives you that push to, to start your day strong. This is a question I wanted to say that was related to the previous one. Sure. Um, usually there are people who are most focused in a specific environment or in a specific setting. Yes. And there are more other people who are, or the same individuals, are more creative or in their flow, stage flow, or in their creative zones in different areas. Would you, is there anything that you do to cultivate these two different mindsets or these two different settings? I never like to fall or be in, in my comfort zone. You know, because if, okay. if you, for me personally, if I repeat, let's say if an event happens and, I, and I'm told like, oh, you did this event this year, let's do it next year. I always want to do it differently or better. Why? Because if I do it the same way, I mean, the client might like it. So, you know what? Do it the same way. It was amazing. But the whole fun of it and, and the, the challenge part of it is to do something more. It's to challenge, push yourself that extra mile to do, right? So for me, is a lot of people say, think out of the box. For me, it's like, I don't look at there's a box. You know, there should never be a box. There should be, all the options are open. At least try it once. At least be creative something. I mean, I painted once. It was really horrible, but I tried it. You know, I, I would have been Picasso for some reason. You know, I knew that for sure. But, but again, you have to open up. You have to like, expand your horizon and do things. You know, realistic things, um, artistic things, uh, in so many different ways. Because if you don't do that, I think you're always going to be one step behind. You know, like, even if you don't know how to do something, but maybe read about it, talk about it, or listen about it, or do it once, just, you know, for the, for the experience of it, you know. And then it will really become a way that you could mix and match things, right? Tomorrow, might, you might do something that you don't like, but in your job, that one thing that you didn't like, if you implement it, it would be really cool. It would be really good, you know? Can we say, like you as Sarmad, if you're going to the movie by yourself to analyze it, the movie in a different way, yes. does that help you decide, let's say, after the movie ends, on a specific decision at your work? Yeah, yeah, of course. As I told you, I, I read between the lines of the movie, right? And okay. the, I'll say, okay, why this happened? And what was the in the mind of the director or the mind of the producers on, on how did they come up with that? Like, why did they do this? There was a reason for it. You know, like you always kind of have, movies are always like a ladder, right? So they start slow and then they go poof to the peak and then they kind of yeah. call it off. So where those things happen, right? Uh, maybe not specific things that you're going to grab from it, but like I would say the, the journey of things you might implement it somewhere else and it might work. You know, not always, but it's like, okay, you know what? I'll kind of like that flow. It goes up and then a little bit down to finish it off. So let me implement it, for example, at my business or I implement it on me, myself personally. Let's say 
one day I'm going to do like a lot of things and, and just make sure I achieve all these points. And then you know what? At the end of the day, I'll just cool it up. I'm just going to, I'm going to go to sleep like with full energy. I'm just going to cool it off for some time and then you know, I'll try to go to sleep. So it's like you got to learn or, or kind of take the, the flow of things, the whole mood set. Sometimes I even take uh, things like with like how the, the, the set of the movie happened, you know, like, wow, this is a nice chair in the office. I think, you know, could be a cool idea or that was nice. You know, so things like that you could kind of catch sometimes. When challenges, fears and or failures hit, what steps are taken? If it helps, what questions do you ask yourself? I'm really harsh on myself on this. You know, maybe sometimes on my team as well. You know, they kind of relate to it sometimes, but uh, because I want things to be done. I want things to be, you know, finished and done and, and go smooth. So sometimes when that doesn't happen, I mean, it's not everyday thing, right? So, but if one day that doesn't happen, yeah, it takes a, a good chunk of my energy and my, you know, my focus, but immediately I have to go back. Like, you know, it's not like, oh, that's it. I failed or it doesn't work out. Or I, I told you before, like there, there's nothing that cannot be fixed, cannot be better or cannot be changed. There's always something, unless it's, it's death. And things are really possible to do. So is that similar to the way, not similar, is that related to the way you run business or your leadership style? Let's say if success happened, it's related to the team. Yeah. And if it didn't happen, then I'm the leader of the team, for example, and I have to take the blame. Exactly, because I come also from a sports background, right? So I was the CEO of UAE Futsal League. And uh, when the national team actually won wins matches, uh, it was like, oh, this player scored, the team was good, the coach was doing an amazing job, you know, all the players were disciplined in the training and things like that. And the game, they all listened to the coach and you know, they did exactly what is needed from them. When we lose, I always kind of say, you know what? It was my fault. Maybe the bus was late five minutes. I, I made, didn't make sure that he was there, you know what I mean? So like, I would like to take the hit for the whole team kind of thing. And, and I think this is where it all comes back to how you lead and how you kind of uh, become responsible for your leadership. Okay. What three concepts, beliefs, and habits and behaviors should others adopt? Honestly, it depends on people's personality. But my suggestion or my advice, I would say, people to do it, one, it's never give up at all. Like, I mean... You fail in school, guess what? Half of the billionaires in the world maybe don't have, you know, university education. You don't do good. There's a lot of successful people where C students. You know, there's a lot of people where normal or let's say regular jobs, you know, and then one day they something happened, you know, never give up. Number two, I think it's um, hustle. Nothing is easy. You can't just sit at home and people knock your door and say, you know what? You just won, you know, the lottery. You, that doesn't happen. Even winning the lottery, you have to go buy the ticket, you know? So you have to do something. So you just hustle. Hustle it out. Uh, try to ma maximize your capability. So with hustling, that could definitely happen. And believe in yourself. This is what I learned from sports is, uh, I remember one day we lost uh, a match. It was UAE versus Libya. And uh, we lost like really bad. You know, it was in, the tournament was in Tunisia. And the next day we have with Tunisia, the home team. If we lose, we're out of the group stage. The players were like devastated, you know, like, oh, we're not going to make it. 
And we lost with Olympia. So how about, you know, we lose against the home team, full pack stadium, you know. I came and told them, listen, guys, there is only one thing I could tell you. I can't go play for you guys. I am not as good as you guys. Uh, the coach can tell you as much as he can. But in that pitch, it's you guys. You know, five versus five. They have two legs. You guys have two legs. You guys have brains. They have brains, you know. You guys run. They run. It's just equally matched teams. Yeah, maybe they have a little bit more talent, but talent only takes you so, so long, so far. You have dedication and work that happens. And very important thing that I told them, and I, I really like believe in it, and I always put it in perspective in my decision sometimes, is always respect the things. So like I told them, like respect the ball. The ball is very important because you need to put it in the net. So you have to respect that thing to make sure you put it the easiest, the fastest way there. Don't juggle it around. Don't kind of mess with it. No, just respect it because it has a goal to it. Respect the other team because, you know, you can't just, you know, say, oh, I'm better than them and this and that and, and lose that, you know. You think you're, you're too good and your ego becomes too big and you become, honestly, ignorant, of, you know, competing with that. So respecting the, the competition or respecting the other team and then the most important things, respecting your own abilities, believing in your own abilities. So when you believe in yourself, respect yourself, and know that you are able and capable of doing things, trust me, there is no, no one going to stop you. You just have to believe in it, respecting everybody else, respecting the task that you're going to be doing, achieving it, reaching that goal. And this is what I learned from sport and it could be implemented anywhere else. If you got to do these three steps, the most important one, respect and believe in yourself. I think you have a huge, huge potential mm -hmm. to do a lot of things. Fans would want to copy your footsteps. Where should they start? If it's in, in business, I think they should start in a way of having a passion to create something, to do something. Talk to a lot of people. This is very important. I think uh, I learned this in the last, uh, I believe, within COVID and all the lockdowns and things like that. I got more chance to talk to a lot of people internationally, uh, very inspiring people. Uh, it was very easy. Zoom made it so much easier. You know, you don't have to travel or like, you know, their schedule is so busy. You can even talk to them at midnight and, you know, and, and they're at home uh, talking to you. So I think talk to a lot of people, kind of get inspired from them. This is what I do, you know, usually. Uh, other things, you know, to, to follow my footsteps are don't do my mistakes for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always available as well. Like if maybe somebody wants to talk to me or has an idea or wants support or wants help or wants, uh, if I could even motivate one guy for like a minute, you know, I, I would love to do that. Hopefully with this podcast, it's more than a minute. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right, Salmat. That's the end of the podcast. Thank you for being here. It was Thank a pleasure listening to you. Thank you very much, Bader. It was amazing. I really loved it. And I hope all the success and happiness for you as well. Thank Likewise. you. Likewise. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more.